0: Samuel chapter number three, wonderful song, praise the Lord. First Samuel chapter number three, I didn't turn it on, I'm sorry, there we are, <laughs> and we'll pick it up in verse number one. First Samuel chapter number three, in verse number one. <laughs> Let's all stand to our feet, if we could please, in honor of the word of God. For Samuel not being one of the more common books of the Bible, so I'll give you a little more time to find it there. Don't ever be embarrassed about learning your Bible. Don't be, don't, don't feel embarrassed if you don't you hear, you hear other people finding their place in their Bible quickly and you're still looking. Keep looking. Uh, we've all been there. And truth be told, sometimes I still struggle. I've memorized the Old Testament and the New, but every so often a preacher will say a book of the Bible. And I teach you a little trick here. Now, don't tell people my trick, all right? If, if, if the preacher has given me the passage and I can't think of where it is, instead of flipping through my Bible lost, I'll just stare at him and nod my head, smile, amen. But what's really going on in my mind is I'm going, Genesis, Exodus, right? Got it. <laughs> then you turn, right? Because then it looks like you know what you're doing, you know? But more than once, still, somebody say a book of the Bible, and I'm like, Ugh. Don't feel bad about it. You'll get there. First Samuel, chapter number 3 and verse number 1, the Bible says, And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And there the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was and Samuel was laid down to sleep that the Lord called Samuel and he answered here am I and he ran unto Eli and said here am I for thou callest me and he said I called not lie down again and he went and lay down and the Lord called yet again Samuel and Samuel rose and went to Eli and said here am I for thou didst call me and he answered I called not my son lie down again. Any parents identify with this? Maybe not thinking that you called him, but you can't get him to go to bed. Verse number 7, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. Now that's saying something because he was working in the temple. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be, if he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And The Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. And the Lord begins to tell him what will happen to Israel. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would please... Fill me with your Holy Spirit presence and power. Pour out your Spirit upon this service. Speak to people as only you can. <laughs> Help us in all the ways that we need. Convict us of our sin. Draw the soul that is near hell tail unto salvation this morning. <laughs> Father, I pray that you would do what I cannot do. This, this pulpit is yours. I yield myself to you and I ask you please to take control of what's going to be said and what's done. We pray these things as we ask it in Jesus' name and amen. You can be seated. I want you to skip back to the beginning of the passage and see verse number 3. At the beginning of the verse, the Bible uses a phrase. and It says, And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep. Now That word, air means before. Prior to. And so what the Bible is saying is that prior to the lamp of God going out in the temple of the Lord, before the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord. I've done some study on this passage. Some have believed that it is... God's saying that the lamp of God had not been tended by the priest and was about to go out because it had not been filled with oil and tended like he was supposed to do. It's possible. The Bible doesn't really say. But there is also a time when, obviously, as morning comes, the lamps would be put out. And then they would be lit again. The lamp is a picture of a few things in the Bible. It is mentioned 13 times. I found that interesting as I looked up the word as I studied for this message and this passage. I figured the word lamp would have appeared hundreds of times in the Bible. In all of the Old Testament and New, it appears 13 times. It is mentioned in different ways and for different things, but often it is a picture of spiritual Health. Often, it is a picture of the Word of God. Usually when the word light is used in the Bible, it will be used in correlation with the light that is shed upon the darkness in this world or the light that is shed upon a person's heart and mind through the Holy Spirit and through the Word of God. Light is obviously a symbol of righteousness, of the Lord, of the Word of God, and of things that are good in a dark world. In this time, Israel was living in great sin. And not only was Israel living in great sin, but even in the temple, the place where God's presence dwelt and where he would come down and meet with the people through the priest. (laughs) The priest at this time, his name is Eli. He's getting older. The Bible even tells us that he had served, I think, something like 40 years and he had gotten fat. That's what the Bible says. Eli was becoming inactive, and he seems to be letting things slip. His own sons are living in sin with a couple of things that they were doing. They were causing men to despise the offering of the Lord because they were taking meat from those that would bring their offerings to the temple. They were taking it by force, and that was never what God intended. They were taking it so that they could have it the way they wanted it, when they wanted it. And God had designated a specific time and way that the, uh, that the priests in the temple would be given meat and would be fed. But the sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were taking it of the children of Israel. Look, if you would please, uh, at verse number 13 of First Samuel chapter number 2. <laughs> the Bible says before verse number 13, "...the sons of Eli were sons of Belial. They knew not the Lord." means they were were sons of wickedness and worshiping other things. And they knew not the Lord. And the priests, verse number 13, And the priests' custom with the people was that when any man offered sacrifice, the priest's servant came while the flesh was in seething with a flesh hook of three teeth in his hand. And he struck it into the pan or kettle or cauldron or pot. All that the flesh hook brought up, the priest took for himself. So they did in Shiloh unto all the Israelites that came thither. Also before they burnt the fat, the priest's servants came and said to the man that sacrificed, Give flesh to roast for the priest, for he will not have sodden flesh of thee, but raw. And if any man said unto him, Let them not fail to burn the fat presently, and then take as much as thy soul desireth, then he would answer him, Nay, but thou shalt give it me now, and if not, I will take it by force. Wherefore the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord, for men abhorred the offering of the Lord. In other words, what is happening here is that these young men have gotten their own ideas of how they want to take the meat from people and when they want to take it. And if anybody ever told them, no, we need to do things the way the Bible says, they would take it by force. And the Bible says that men began to abhor bringing their offerings to the temple because they made it uh, an unpleasant thing. And so the Bible tells us that Hophni and Phinehas were living wickedly. But not only in this way, because they were making people despise the house of the Lord and bringing the offering to the house of the Lord. But the Bible says also that they were living wickedly because they were uh, lying with women at the gate or at the doorstep of the temple. And so, when people would come to bring their sacrifices, Hophni and Phineas were having illicit relationships with women right on the doorsteps of the church. These were two very wicked men. Samuel... Knew of this, and the Bible says in verse number twenty-four. Well, actually, verse number twenty-three. He said unto them, "Why do you such things? For I hear of your evil dealings by all this people. Nay, my sons, for it is no good reason, uh, for it is no good report that I hear. You make the Lord's people to transgress." He spoke to them, but he didn't stop them, and they continued to live in wicked sin. Right there at the temple. God has had it with Israel and with the way that the temple is being conducted. And He comes to Eli, or excuse me, to Samuel, and begins to speak to him. But notice again in chapter 3 and verse number 3, the Bible says, And ere or before the lamp of God went out in the temple, verse number 4, that the Lord called Samuel, And he answered, here am I. I want to make it clear again. I don't know exactly why it is that the lamp of the temple is about to go out. Is it because Eli had become complacent and wasn't tending the lamp? It's very possible, maybe even likely. Is it just the fact that they were in bed, and that is where they were, and the lamps were on in the temple? in order to have some light in the middle of the night, and that they would eventually be put out as the day broke. I think that's very possible. But the Bible does say in verse number 3, "...and ere the lamp of God went out," not was put out in the temple. So I believe that most likely what is happening is that they have not tended to the lamps properly because they have become lazy about spiritual matters. But this is not only a literal event, but it's also figurative. Now listen to me, please. It's significant that God says this right before judgment is brought upon Israel. It's significant that this happens right before God's presence and glory is removed from Israel. Eli had a grandson that was born not many days after this, after Israel lost a great battle. And his sons were killed. And the Bible says that Eli was fat and he sat on a chair. And when he heard the news of his sons that he he fell back in his chair and broke his neck and died. And that when one of his daughter-in-laws heard of what had happened to her husband and what had happened in the temple, that she began to give give birth to her son. And the Bible says that she called him Ichabod. The term Ichabod, or the name Ichabod, meaning for the glory is departed. The children of Israel knew after God had judged them that the lamp had gone out. They had lost His presence, they had lost His glory, they had lost His blessing. And unfortunately, the Bible tells us that there was no open vision. Did you see that when we read it in 1 Samuel 3 and verse number 1? The Bible says the Word of God was very precious in those days because there was no open vision. Now let me explain that. In those days, God was still giving us the Word of God. It was not all given in one lump sum. It was given little by little. God would inspire men to write His words down, verse by verse, book by book. And at this time, God had gone silent with the children of Israel. He was no longer speaking to them. And God often did this when He was fed up with Israel because they were living in sin against Him. He would go silent. I believe Christians today ought to be concerned about the very same thing. I believe we ought to be concerned about the lamp of God going out in our lives, in our homes, in our church. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter number 13 and verse number 9 The light of the righteous rejoiceth but the lamp of the wicked shall be put out. The lamp in some Christians' homes is going out. Because some Christians want to live in sin and sit in church pews as if nothing is wrong. The lamp in some homes is going out because for some Christians they've determined that their sin can be justified because they can live according to their own definition by the freedom of their own will. And we dealt with some of that individual soul liberty in Sunday school this morning. It wasn't intentional that the two go together in some ways but they do. God gives us the right and ability to read His Word and determine for ourselves what He says. But we are not with the liberty that God gives us to excuse our own sin and use the Word of God as an excuse for our sin. Some Christians today are unfortunately justifying lifestyles that are lurid and full of wickedness. And I want to say, before the lamp, of God goes out. There are some things that God's people should take note of. How can you tell the lamp of God is about to go out in your life? How can you tell? I want to say first and foremost that you can tell when the lamp is about to go out when God is no longer heard. When God's voice is not like what it used to be. Some Christians live today in such defiance against the Word of God. The unfortunate truth is that some people wouldn't even know what the voice of God sounds like anyway. But I want to say that the voice of God sounds like this. It sounds like truth. The Bible says that the Spirit of God will guide us into truth and that He is truth. The Bible calls the Holy Spirit of God the Spirit of truth. And truth is falling by the wayside in our homes for opinions. Well, I believe I ought to be able to watch whatever I want to watch. And there may have been a time when you turned on the television and watched things so wicked on HBO and Netflix and all of these other things that you can stream. You know what? I'm not going to go naming shows because there are too many to name and somebody might say, well, I don't watch those, so I'm fine. While we watch others. The most prominent shows today are filled with nudity, sex, violence, and filthy language. And a Christian ought to have no part of it. There was a day when as a young Christian, I guarantee you that you used to have something speaking to your heart when you would do something against God that made you feel bad. It's called the Holy Spirit of God who's trying to guide you into truth and teach you that you shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be watching that. You shouldn't be saying that. You shouldn't be acting like that. And I want to say that the lamp is about to go out if as a Christian you no longer hear that voice. And it's not that the voice is no longer speaking because I believe for the New Testament Christian, The Holy Spirit of God is always speaking to His people, but we can see our consciences with a hot iron as we continue to grieve and quench the Holy Spirit as He speaks to us and tells us to correct our attitude or to turn that television off, to stop looking at that stuff on our phones, to stop acting like that at the workplace, to stop losing our temper in that way, to stop cussing and having a bad attitude. And when the Lord speaks to us, if we've gotten to the point where we can cuss and don't feel bad about it anymore, you're starting to get to the point where you don't hear the voice of the Lord. Where When when we can get to a point where we can watch a show that used to bother us and it doesn't bother you anymore, then that means you're about to lose the lamp of God in your life. The voice of the Lord is no longer heard because you've quenched Him and grieved Him so much that you've become so callous that you don't hear that still small voice anymore. I've said it many times and I want to say it again. It would be really, really good if a Christian would learn to respond to the pricks of the Holy Spirit so that you don't have to deal with the kicks of the Holy Spirit. Because if God can't get our attention with that still small voice and get us to repent in in dust and ashes, when He just simply speaks to us and says, nope, you shouldn't be doing that, then as we become more and more calloused over time, what ends up happening is He's got to do something more drastic and more dramatic to get your attention. And that's exactly what happened with Israel. They were no longer listening to the voice of God, and so He stopped speaking entirely, and He's about to get their attention in a really exaggerated way. He's about to make them lose a battle and lose loved ones and lose things that they once had and He's about to make sure that He gets their attention this time. And I want to say, Christian, please listen to me. Don't let it get to the point where God can't get your attention with His still small voice. Be responsive when that still small voice says, "Mm -hmm." somebody that my wife and I know dearly and love. I'll just say a family member. Told her quite some time ago, he loved the Lord, had a beautiful voice, sang for the Lord, went to Bible college, dedicated his life to serving the Lord, and then in Bible college, of all places, started to follow some friends that were going the wrong direction and got away from God more than he ever had before. Got into the things he never should have gotten into. Was doing things and going to places he never should have gone to. And One day they had a conversation, because now he's living for the Lord and doing well, but they had a conversation about what changed. What was it that made you come back to the Lord and get right with Him again? And he said this, because I came to a place where when I would get into those sins, it didn't bother me like it used to. And I was afraid of what was about to happen between me and God. Listen to me, please. Christian, we cannot get used to not hearing the voice of the Lord. If you're there, please repent. Please identify the things that you know are wrong and repent of them and get them out of your life so that the Holy Spirit of God can begin to speak to you again in a way that... Even when it's just that still small voice, you hear it again. I want to be able to sit in a church service. I want to be able to sit and read my Bible. And the simple truths of the Word of God prick my heart. But it hasn't always been that way. I've been backslidden myself. And I know firsthand what it means to be in Bible college and be away from the Lord and not hear the voice of God anymore. I know firsthand what it means to sit in a church service and be angry about what the preacher is saying instead of being tender about what the preacher is saying. I know firsthand what it means to not want to come to the Word of God because the Bible says they don't want to come to the light because their deeds are evil. I know it. And I want to say, you can come out of it, but you better repent before the lamp goes out. You ought to fall on your face before God this morning and say, God forgive me a sinner and you shall find mercy. You can tell the lamp of God is about to go out when you can't hear His voice anymore. Before the lamp of God out, they didn't hear His voice. Before the lamp of God God went out, it became silent to them. Before the lamp of God went out, and I want you to hear me now, there was apathy concerning spiritual matters. What is apathy? In other words, you get to a point where you don't care anymore about the spiritual things that you used to care about. You can tell the lamp of God is about to go out when you used to enjoy going to church and you don't enjoy it anymore. You can tell the lamp of God is about to go out when you used to enjoy your Bible and you don't enjoy it anymore. You can tell the lamp of God is about to go out when you used to enjoy Christian music and now all you can enjoy is fleshly, worldly music. You can tell the lamp of God is about to go out when you become apathetic or unconcerned about spiritual matters. Listen. A church always, and I'm going to switch gears a little bit from the individual to the church, but the church should always maintain a concern about spiritual matters. The church should always be excited about souls being saved. It should never get old when we get to the point where we're not excited about souls coming to Christ anymore, the lamp of God's about to go out. His presence and power and His glory is about to depart off of His church where the things He cares about aren't cared for anymore. It ought to be a time of rejoicing when a sinner comes to repentance. The Bible says that it is a time of rejoicing in heaven You know why it is in heaven when sometimes it isn't here? Because there, they're in their glorified bodies and there they don't have to deal with a sin nature and all the spiritual things that happen are exciting there. But here, our sin nature gets in the way and I want to say that if you're getting to a point where church doesn't matter like it used to, if you're getting to a point where the the presence and power of God in your life doesn't matter like it used to, that ought to bother you. I'm not talking about staying out of sin. I'm talking about the spiritual side of this thing. We're off of repenting from sin. You ought to do that this morning. But I'm talking about the fact it ought to matter to you whether or not the presence of God is in your life. It ought to matter to you whether or not you're filled with the Holy Spirit. It ought to matter to Christians that church is a holy place where we can come and hear from the Word of God. It shouldn't be a drudgery to get up in the morning and come to the house of the Lord. Now, I'm not saying we don't have a flesh, we all have a flesh. And there are sometimes Sunday morning rolls around, Sunday night rolls around, Wednesday night rolls around, and even my flesh springs up and says, I don't want to go to church. I don't want to stand up and preach. There are times when it's time to study, and it's the greatest battle I have all week long, to sit down and organize my thoughts and sit at a desk or at a bedside and study. It's not always easy. I'm not saying that our flesh won't at times spring up against us, but I'm saying that we ought to have a hunger for spiritual things. And when we get to the point (laughs) where our Sunday school classes get old, our bus routes get old, our Bible gets old, something's wrong, you better beware the lamp of God may go out. The presence and glory and power of the Lord (laughs) may depart soon because we've lost our hunger for spiritual things. I want to say this, and this is going to be more for the young people, but you can tell the lamp of God is about to go out when you lose your respect for your parents. So what's that got to do with the text? Well, look at it again. at first Samuel two and verse number 23. And he said unto them, Why do ye such things? For I hear of your evil dealings by all this people. Nay, my sons, for it is no good report that I hear. You make the Lord's people to transgress. Look at the end of verse number 25. Notwithstanding, they hearken not unto the voice of their father. Huh? Huh? Because the Lord would slay them. We're living in a time where Christians have lost the biblical understanding of what it means to be a leader in our homes to our children. Parents, the Lord did make you the head of the home. And you shouldn't be afraid to tell your kids what to do. Society has lost that. We let the kids run the home. And here's what you're doing. You're setting them up to not respect authority if they don't respect you as their parents. And if they don't learn to respect their parents, they won't respect any authority including God. And one of the reasons why we're dealing today in culture with a generation that despises all authority, they're protesting against everything under the sun that has any authority over them, whether it's a school teacher, a police officer, a governor, a president, doesn't matter, a preacher, it doesn't matter who it is. We are dealing with a generation right now that has no respect for towards authority. None. And a lot of that starts when, in good intentions and with good intentions, parents in some cases felt like, you know what, I'm going to raise my kids different. Because I didn't like getting spanked. I didn't either. But the rod of correction drives foolishness out of the heart of the child. I had some foolish ideas when I was a kid. And every so often they wouldn't come out unless I had the rod of correction. I'm not talking about beating your kids, not smacking them on the back or on the face or on the arms. There is something called the gluteus maximus that is designed with a whole bunch of nerve endings so that it can be spanked and nothing else will be hurt but their pride. And that's good. Man, you can't hardly walk through a store anymore. Actually, for the last 20, 30 years, without kids flopping on the floor because they're angry about they didn't get that toy or that candy bar or that piece of gum off the shelf. And parents just letting them do it. Now, I know you think you're being kind to your child, but the reality is what's going to happen is that if they don't learn some respect for your authority... One of these days when the Holy Spirit of God speaks to them and says, you're going to stand before an almighty God one day in heaven and you'll give account for your soul, that they don't have any respect for authority and they won't care whether or not they're going to stand before God. Because they don't believe in authority. Authority means nothing to them. We're not doing our children any favors by letting them be rebellious and run the home. We're not. I love my children. I don't beat them. My wife gets after me cuz she says I haven't spanked any of them in years. She's right. <laughs> and they used to try to help me out and say, "Yeah, but dad, when you did it was, you know, it was it was eventful. It was memorable, you know. We we got it, you know." <laughs> I don't like it. I'm not saying we should like it. You know, the Lord doesn't enjoy chastising His children. But He does it out of love. Whom the Lord loveth, He chasteneth. You know, if you love your child, you'll give them some direction. You'll teach them some things. And if they disobey every now and then, they should be disciplined. The way God said to discipline. (laughs) There, There are times that we... We don't spank. You can sometimes just talk things through and correct without a paddle. But especially before that foolishness is driven out, there's probably going to need to be a few more of them. You know, and listen... People say you shouldn't spank in modern culture. I know, that's modern culture, but that's not what God said. But can I just say something? Well, you know, I got people say, well, I got some spankings I didn't deserve, so I don't want my kids to have to live with that. Okay, look, I probably did too. But the reality is I deserve the spankings that I got when I didn't do anything wrong for the times I didn't get caught. (laughs) And there were probably more of those times than times I got spankings if I didn't deserve them. I shouldn't tell you this story. We need to be done. (laughs) We were in evangelism, and I don't remember how old I was, but um, we were traveling in a 35-foot pull-behind trailer. It was a prowler, I think is what it was, 35-foot prowler. I don't remember what brand that was or who made that, but pulling that behind this this, uh, Chevy Custom Deluxe Dually that my dad had with, with cherry bombs on it. Man, we'd, we'd go riding down the road, bah! pulling that, that trailer, you know, it was crazy, crazy. And I loved driving in the black truck, you know, because it was loud, you know, bah! it's crazy. But we pulled up to a church once and we were there, you know, and, and, and uh, dad, dad was preaching for the week and everything was set up. And we got up one morning and I don't know what got into Autumn, my oldest sister, but you know, she just, she was, she was feeling her oats that morning. And my mom was trying to get her to behave, and she wasn't. And she said, Autumn, a couple times, she gave her warnings. Autumn, and I think you should give warnings every now and then. It's good not to just fly off the handle right away. Autumn, if you don't shape up, you're going to get in trouble. And, boy, she didn't shape up. And, you know, I don't know how many times that happened, but eventually mom said, that's it, you're getting a spanking. You know, and then as soon as that happens, you know, we all fall apart. You know. What do they used to say? Cruising for a bruising, right? And she was that day, cruising for a bruising. And I probably was too, but I flew under the radar because she was in more trouble, you know? <laughs> and so, believe me, I wasn't perfect, but I'll only tell stories on my sister. So, anyway, uh, mom said, Joshua, go outside and play for a minute. So I went outside. That was nice because it was during the school day. So we were homeschooled, you know? So I went outside and I saw Autumn. Mom went up into the top of the trailer to go find the paddle. I don't, know, I don't know how Autumn knew where it was, but she knew where it was. And she took it and she hid it on the other end of the trailer up in some cabinets. And I saw her do it. Well, I went outside, you know, like Mom told me, and I could hear her through the walls. Where is that paddle? Where in the world? Are... Autumn, did you hide that paddle? No, Mom. You know. And so I walked over to the window, not too far from where the paddle was. And I stood there and waited for Mom to walk through, and I went. She said, Joshua, what are you pointing at? Autumn hid the paddle up there. She said, if you don't be quiet and get away from that window, you're getting a spanking. Boy, I took off hightailing, man. I was out of there. Couldn't wait for my sister to get a spanking, but I didn't want one. Look, it didn't ruin me. It helped me. but children, listen to this preacher, and I need to be done. I've got more points to preach, but I need to be done. Please listen to me. I know this generation is telling you that you're in charge and that you ought to live by your feelings. That you ought to do what feels good and nobody should restrict you from it. Nobody has the authority to tell you how to live. Well, God does. And if you have good parents, every now and then, they're going to try to keep you out of trouble. And give you some direction. And that's a good thing. And if you ever get to the point where you're not honoring and listening to your parents, lamp of God may go out in your life. You know, I still at this age, I still listen to my dad and my mom. I know they've got many years on me and a lot of wisdom. Amen. If they tell me to do something, it's still yes, ma'am, and yes, sir. I don't call my dad by his first name. Amen. I don't call him the old man. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and thy mother. Which is the first commandment with promise. That it may be well with thee that thou mayest live long on the earth. Havni and Phinehas lost their respect for their father and he came to them and said, shouldn't be living that way. You need to stop this. And they wouldn't listen. And what happened? In their life, the lamp of God went out. Salvation is a lamp to the lost. Many walk in darkness without God. You don't have the Holy Spirit of God to guide you. And God can pull us out of darkness and into His marvelous light if we'll repent of our sin and trust Jesus Christ as our Savior. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter number 2 and verse number 9, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, an holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of Him who hath called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Amen. If you're sitting here this morning and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I want to say that God wants to pull you out of darkness into His marvelous light. God wants to pull you out of the eternal darkness of hell and out of the darkness of a life lived without the Spirit of God. I beg you this morning, I plead with you. If you've sat in church services and heard the Word of God preached, if you've had family members that have gone to church over the years and have tried to reach you, or if you've never heard this before in your life, I want to say, That you have a chance to receive the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ today and receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior today. And if you don't know for sure, I mean 100% certain that you're on your way to heaven, then you ought to get it settled this morning before you leave. Before the lamp of God goes out. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would please guide and direct in the invitation time.